Hey everyone, this is a preview of our shop floor discussion on all of the things happening in Starbucks. There's just been so much. Uh, the full episode is over an hour, and uh, you know I've got you this little clip here for uh, people who aren't patrons. But if you'd like to become a patron and get the full episode, go to Patreon.com/workstoppage and give us five dollars, and you will be able to unlock that. If you cannot afford it. Go ahead and jump in the Discord, let me or one of the other admins know, and we will hook you up with the feed. Uh, one of the goals that we have recently set for our, Patre uh, for our Patreon is a goal of 200 patrons, where we will then make a merch store with all of the cool designs that we have. Uh, it's just very expensive to do that sort of thing, so we want to make sure that we can actually keep a store going. But, uh, you know... We appreciate you for supporting. We appreciate you even if you just share the episodes with your friends. So, as always, labor peace is not in our interest, and solidarity forever. Yeah, I mean, this week, like, I mean, folks who, you know, if you're, you're a regular listener, you know that there's been a lot of Starbucks news just generally, but this mm -hmm. week in particular has seen just a flurry of stuff going on. And just to start, like, Last Monday, we had an, another ULP committed by Starbucks. And not just because, you know, you'd be like, oh, that, how, how's that a story? They're doing that at literally every store. This is constant. How is that new? Mm -hmm. Well, but this one comes from CEO Howard Schultz himself, where on a earnings call with, like, all the bigger shareholders of Starbucks he basically rolled out a plan for as part of the company's union busting campaign to offer new benefits to workers, which is like, Oh, that's great. Good, good, good stuff. Except that he ex was very explicit that these would only be offered to workers at non-union stores. And, and this is benefits, including raising the average wage of workers to $17 an hour and also, in, in a move that workers have been asking for for a long time, adding a method for customers to add electronic tips. Yeah. And, like, this comes along, which is like, A, the only reason that this is happening is because of the union drive. So congratulations to, like, you know, all the workers at, at Starbucks for benefiting from the hard work of the union workers. But it's one thing to just do this, to offer, like... The, these benefits without offering them to the union, but it's another to just literally come out and say that openly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's very weird and they're justifying it. Well, before we talk about this, I do want to acknowledge that they're not interested in raising the starting or the minimum wage. They right. want to raise the average wage. So even the thing oh, that they're again. trying to offer you is just a fucking terrible piece of shit. Um, but yeah, they've been justifying this action by saying that it's actually the law. Okay, we're not allowed to give these unionized stores any kind of wage increase uh, because it's, it wouldn't be in the contract or it would affect negotiations or whatever. Conveniently ignoring the fact that all you have to do is say, hey, the union, can we give your, your members a raise? And the union will say, yes, of course. Yeah. And then it's all legal. <laughs> And then another thing that I wanted to clarify is the digital tips is because if anybody's or done a mobile order or something like that, you know, that you can actually add a digital tip on the app or whatever it is. But it's not like it's at the point of purchase when you are actually 
uh, you know, buying the coffee or whatever, uh, how you have to put a physical dollar in a little bin in order to actually leave a tip for workers. What the digital tip system would allow is for you to charge it to your card, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, like the union has come out and, and said that that because of the way that this is being framed by by Schultz and by Starbucks corporate, obviously specifically the union bus, that this amounts to threatening to withhold benefits from workers, which is absolutely true, and said that this has had an immediate and profound chilling effect on organizing campaigns nationwide. And they pointed to this specifically in a recent narrow loss by the union at a store in Virginia, where they said that as part of the union busting campaign that was going on at that store, Starbucks management, including the extra managers that, of course, get flown into a lot of these stores right before their elections to harass workers, spy on them, etc., that they had been repeating these threats from Schultz to not give union workers the raises and benefit increases that they're planning to offer to other places. And in addition, like Schultz specifically said on this earnings call that their message to workers is, quote, the union contract will not even come close to what Starbucks offers you. <sighs> oh, <laughs> which, my God. which is blatantly saying that they're going to bargain in bad faith. Mm-hmm. Well, and also... Uh, this offer would never have existed without the unionization campaign in the first place. So it's like, we wouldn't have this offer without the union. So well, fuck it. Keep riding it. Keep going with the union. Get better offers. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and I even see people who know a little bit about labor and, and stuff like that, even still saying that, oh, this is actually the law. And we just want to really clarify that it is not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the point, so Starbucks is using some very, very specific language where they're not technically wrong, but only because of the way they use one word. Because uh, let me read exactly specifically what they said in response to saying that this is a, a violation of labor law, which it is. Starbucks said, quote, this is not a matter of Howard's choice or opinion. This is the law. Any new benefit cannot be unilaterally given to stores that voted to unionize during collective bargaining, end quote. And the reason I emphasize the word unilaterally is that's the only reason they can say this without it being a lie. If you take the word unilaterally out of that sentence, then it is a lie because they are right. They cannot unilaterally change the conditions of work without consulting the union. But no one's asking them to do that. Right. They are simply saying, as, as, as you've both mentioned, just offer us the same thing you're offering everybody else, which is what they are required to do. They're just trying to use this fucking, like wordsmithing bullshit to try and as a smoke screen to say, no, no, it, we're not breaking the law. We're following the law. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they, they yeah. even followed through with this in uh, Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Where every single store in Canada, except one in Victoria, British Columbia, which is organized with the USW got raises. And then these workers in Victoria have, have, has their store even been offered the raise? I have to imagine not if they haven't received it. And I, and I don't know Canadian labor law to the extent that I know the U.S. labor law, so I don't know if they experience the same protections, but I imagine it's pretty similar. I, yeah. I'm not super familiar with it, but I feel like Canadian law is mostly Control-C, Control-V from U.S. <laughs> law or English law, British yeah. law, whatever. Like, 
And and I mean the union that the the USW that is uh, you know the union at that store in British Columbia you know made similar calls to the union to stop doing this shit, mm-hmm. saying this is an extension of other threats that Howard Schultz and their management team have been making. Hopefully, at some point, Howard recognizes you cannot have a progressive company and be the poster child for union busting. And one other thing that I just want to point out that I. I will admit this was not a, you know, off the top of my head thought I saw somebody say this on Twitter. I just don't remember who it was, but this idea that, that, that Schultz came out and said, the union won't get you anywhere near what Starbucks will offer you. Then why are you fighting the union? If you think the union is going to get the workers less money, wouldn't you embrace it? Like as the company, like wouldn't, if, if the union wasn't going to win workers more stuff, why would you fight it? That makes no sense. If you think about it. (laughs) Also, another thing that doesn't make any sense is the history of the benefits at a union shop. As yeah. every listener of this show is pro- is aware of, union jobs pay better. They have better protections. They have your uh, rights as a worker written into the a contract that is not changeable at the whims of management. You I mean, are less the, likely to die at work. <laughs> that's right. I mean, just to to try to say that oh, you're, the the benefits are going to be worse under the union is just for one historically inaccurate if if we're comparing it to other sorts of unions but if if they're really trying to subvert that again i'm going to repeat myself is saying that they are going to refuse to come to the bargaining table in good faith yeah and yeah so you know workers have have pretty obviously had it with this sort of intimidation we saw last week On Thursday, a store in Buffalo went on a 24-hour strike to protest the ongoing campaign of union busting and demand the company stop firing workers and sign election neutrality agreements. And then on Saturday, I believe the 7th, um, workers went on strike at a different Buffalo store, uh, basically for the same thing and specifically calling out these threats not offering uh, benefits and wage increases to union stores. And like a, one of the, the workers at that store that went on strike on Saturday, Victoria Conklin, who's a shift supervisor at the Niagara Falls Boulevard store, said, it's important for us to let them know that we will not be treated like this. And it's clear that Starbucks really only cares about profits. So by walking out on one of the busiest days of the week, it really shows them that we need to come before the money. Hell Which, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I first off, I love pointing to the fact that they specifically chose Saturday because it's one of the busiest yeah. days at the store, which mm-hmm. you love to see the understanding there, like that rules. And yeah, no, I mean, they're absolutely right. Like, And this is one of the other things, though, that I think is so great about the Starbucks Workers United campaign. Like, they're not waiting for Starbucks to recognize their union. As we've said over and over again, like it's there's, there's this understanding with the rank and file organizing drive that's like, whether you've won your union election or not, whether you've even held your union election or not, if you and your coworkers are agreed that you want to come together to bargain on this stuff, you have a union and you can strike whether or not they've recognized it. So, like, I, I think it's it's great to see, you know, this level of, of consciousness from these workers. Oh, yeah. I mean, wait, Buffalo has been like at the center of oh, yeah. this whole Starbucks uh, thing from the very beginning. It makes me really proud to be from the Great Lakes. I don't know how I can take <laughs> regional credit for this, but I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and one other thing that I just wanted to bring in here, this is another story, um, but it's only it, it's somewhat related, but 
because one of the things that we keep hearing from Howard Schultz and Starbucks corporate is this whole, well, Starbucks is such a progressive company. We're already giving workers so much. There's nothing more that the union could win. There's, there's nothing more to take, which is, you know, (laughs) it's absurd, but like, Just to put it in some numerical perspective, there was a report out from the Brookings Institute last week that um, More Perfect Union put out a a little like tweet thread about that showed just how much additional money a lot of the biggest corporations in the U.S. raked in over the first two years of the pandemic. And like we talked about during the, the regular episode this week about like when Chris Smalls and several other like new, like union organizers traveled to Capitol Hill to testify in front of Congress and then also to meet with the president. And during that testimony, you had senators, Lindsey Graham and Tim Kaine rolling out all this, this nonsense about, Oh, well companies create jobs and they're the ones running our, our country companies create the wealth. And if the workers want better wages, they have to work with management to help the company make more money that, you know, the class collaboration is nonsense that we know is not true. And that Chris Smalls did an excellent job of, of deconstructing and pushing back against, but just again, to point out this whole, if we work together to make the companies more profitable, the workers will benefit to, as a really stark example of how that's not true. Uh, the Brookings found that Amazon, Starbucks, and 20 other of the largest corporations in the U.S. made over $1.5 trillion in profits during the pandemic. And so you'd say, well, that's a huge amount. We must have seen big wage increases, bonuses, benefit gains by the workers. And, and as the workers, you know, who are listening to this podcast, you know you got a huge raise. You are <laughs> suddenly living in the lap of luxury, right? Yeah, everybody, all the workers at, at all these, at like at, at Starbucks, Amazon, Costco, McDonald's, all these other places are all buying jet skis. But <laughs> the numbers bore out that of that $1.5 trillion, less than 2% went to workers in the form of increased compensation of, in wages, benefits, or anything else. 98% of that $1.5 trillion went to shareholders and company management. Well, which- and like we, we see figures from studies like this every time there's a massive transfer of wealth towards large corporations, whether it's a bailout or whether it's, you know, a dire situation like the pandemic that they can opportunize on or whatever. And every time we're like, wow, that money never made it down to the working class. That's crazy. And it's just like, (laughs) maybe we should stop being surprised by it. And I don't know, I I think maybe uh, to the credit of all the unionizing workers in the United States, maybe that's a symptom of us not being surprised by it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, and, and I just wanted to raise this because it's like, like we don't come on and talk about how the companies are screwing over workers because they're like Marxist ideologues. We're Marxist ideologues because the companies keep screwing over the workers. Crazy <laughs> like, how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, one of the things, the last thing on this though, that they noted that, like, specifically since we're talking about Starbucks, is of those 22 companies that, that brought in that enormous amount of wealth, and, and granted, the by far the biggest share of that went to Amazon, unsurprisingly. But like the rest of those companies all made a huge amount of money, including Starbucks. And of those 22, Starbucks paid the third lowest average wage, only beating out McDonald's and Gap. And only one of those 22 companies at all paid anywhere close to a living wage. And that was Costco, which... 
I didn't know that Costco actually treated its workers somewhat better than most other companies. Yeah, they treat their honestly, full-time employees better uh, than those other companies, but they hire yeah. a lot of seasonal and transitory labor. You're gonna, yeah. If you get into the 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 comment mines of of you know whatever different platform, you're gonna see people militantly defend Costco as a version of a good company, just because they do have slightly better wages. Like, I mean, that's they, that's how it goes. They do have slightly better wages, but also like I tried to work at Costco and they wanted me to come on as a holiday employee. And then if I did well, I would be considered when I reapplied. Mm. Uh, But being a temporary employee (laughs) was basically like required to then apply to be a full time. It's just this whole tier system. Yeah. The idea of reapplying for your own job is one of the biggest scams. I swear. It's so insulting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, but we we know you can do the job, but please just, you know, beg a little bit more. Well, yeah. And accept a lower wage as well. Mm. Because when you or, reapply, they... Or reset they, your clock. Re- yeah. yeah. Hope.
Cause they are 